As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait! This episode is presented by BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner of The Athletic. Sign up at BetMGM.com using the promo code THEATHLETICPOD. Welcome into Can't Wait, your podcasting home for Jets content. It is Tuesday, November 9th. We're recording at a little after 8.30 a.m. We did okay getting it. It's, it's early, but we got here. We got going. And we're going to try something different this episode. We're going to talk about quarterbacks. Because that's something mm-hmm. we never do on this podcast. <laughs> I'm Tim McMaster along with Connor Hughes and Marissa Morris. Thanks for checking us out. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify and Apple, give us a rating if you can as well. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks. We're also going to talk about this defense and what can be done to fix it uh, between now and the end of the season. And then we're going to look ahead to the second half of the season. It is kind of the midway point, right? It used to make so much more sense when there was 16 games. Now there's 17. So what do you do a second half preview like at halftime of of this Sunday's game? I don't know. But anyway, we're going to do second half over unders. But Connor, you made it for an early. Why don't this you have a our... new mic? <laughs> you don't have a new mic. Yeah, I just right in with Why that. don't you? You you sent us all new mics and you didn't get a new mic. <laughs> I have a new mic. I have not had time to set it up. Though. He has a child at home. So <laughs> oh, he, man. for our audio listeners, if you can't tell. I finally Hopefully got you a, can tell. I finally got a microphone. Yeah, you can definitely Marissa tell. Sounding, sounding very yeah, professional. Sounding, she's broadcasting from a cave. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Very Back exciting. to the quarterback situation. Uh, Robert Salas spoke on Monday. Connor, you were there, of course. And he said about Zach Wilson, if he's healthy, for sure he'll play. But he said he has to be 100%. Seems unlikely that he would be 100% at this point in the recovery process. So is, is there... Can we read into that pretty easily? No, no. I mean, here's the no. thing is, and, and we've, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read into that too much. Right. I mean, we've, we talked about this. This is a two to four week injury. And if the Jets were, say, a playoff contending team and their backup quarterback had gone out there and, and played like absolute garbo, like, like early on. And, and they were like, basically Jordan Love against the Chiefs and the Packers were like, oh my God, we need to get Aaron Rodgers back in there. Oh my God, we need to get Aaron Rodgers back in there. Aaron Rodgers could play this week after missing two games, knee brace on and go out there with Zach Wilson. I mean, look, the Jets are not going to the playoffs. The Jets have shown that they have two backup quarterbacks 
uh, potentially three, considering they traded for one, knowing he can play, that can all step in and fill in, that they are not rushing Zach Wilson back. There, There is no point in putting him out there until he is 100% healthy. Now, he can play this week. Like, he could technically play this week. He could also practice this week and will practice fully this week. But there is a difference between practicing fully and being fully healthy. There is a big, big difference between those two things. And among the biggest reasons why the Jets did not play Zach Wilson on the injured reserve was not because of the outside chance that he could play against the Bills, because it was always kind of a pipe dream. I mean, they wanted to see if he could play against Buffalo. They hoped he could play against Buffalo, but they knew that odds are he was not going to play against Buffalo. But what they did know is that whether he could play or not, he could still practice this week. He was still going to be able to get out there and get a full week of reps of practice albeit on the scout team, he'll still get out there and practice. And that will allow him, theoretically, next week against the Miami Dolphins to go out there with two full weeks of practice before playing again, as opposed to one week of practice and then going out there and playing again. Because if the Jets placed him on the injured reserve, aside from missing three games, he would have to miss those three weeks of practice. Now he can practice for a week, practice for another week next week, then play against the Miami Dolphins. Now, I think the fascinating thing. And obviously Salah can go back on this. Obviously he can change his mind. Obviously he can um, not follow through in this fashion. But I found it fascinating when he said that if Zach Wilson is fully healthy, Zach Wilson will start. So basically he nipped in the bud any quarterback competition. That that there he The way that I read it was that when Zach Wilson is healthy, when Zach Wilson is no longer injured, as soon as Zach Wilson passes all medical barriers, he's going to be the team's starting quarterback. It's not going to be Mike White. It's obviously not going to be Josh Johnson. It's obviously not going to be Joe Flacco. I don't think there was any ever a quarterback controversy involving those two. But with Mike White, it doesn't matter what he does against the Bills. It doesn't matter what he did against the Bengals. It doesn't matter how good he looked for those two series against the Indianapolis Colts. When Zach Wilson is healthy... They're going to Zach Wilson. And I don't necessarily know if that's the smart, the right idea. Right. And that's the thing is, is that a mistake? We talked about that a lot on the podcast last time. Um, the other thing Salah said was he was going to make that decision basically based on Wilson's health uh, before practice starts on Wednesday so that the guy who is named the starter will get 100% of the first team reps. That makes sense. At least they're not going into a, a situation where they're going to try to split reps during practice. Yeah. And, and you can't do that. I mean, you can't, you can't do that. I mean, you, you yeah. just, I mean, the, both of these, both of these two quarterbacks are young. I mean, if, if the jets had actually gone to Joe Flacco, if, you know, something like that. Like if Joe Flacco was the player that was filling in, I think he could probably split first team reps. He's done this enough where he doesn't need every single first team rep to go out there and play. Um, when it comes to Zach Wilson, Mike White, I mean, these guys are too young, but they, they, like, they need to, they need all the reps, which is why. And I look, Sal is going to talk to us before practice tomorrow. So he'll, he'll tell us pretty early on that, Hey, this is who our starting quarterback is going to be. And it's going to be Mike White. I mean, we we've said this over and over and over again, that, that odds are there was a 99.9% .9 chance then Mike White was going to be the team's starting quarterback against the Bills. The Jets were not going to throw a hobbled Zach Wilson out there against one of the best defenses in the NFL, and now a defense that is looking to feast because of how they were embarrassed against the uh, the the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville and lost a game, and everyone's like, oh, my God, are the Bills for real? Am I? I mean, the, the Bills are going to be foaming at the mouth when they take the field at MetLife Stadium. They're going to want to just demolish the Jets six ways to Sunday so that they can obviously, you know, 
recount, uh, reestablish themselves as one of the AFC's premier teams. So that's obviously going to be very, very different. But honestly, Tim, I, what I go back and forth on very much is that is is it the right decision to go back to Zach? I mean, that's that's my that's my thing. And I, in my personal opinion, look, I I, I look at this and I said this this weekend. I wrote it a little bit. We ran a mailbag uh, on Monday and I, and I wrote about it there. Uh, I did a hit after the game on Sunday, and or uh, I get a hit on thir- on Sunday after the game on Thursday, um, and talked about it there with, with Overmeyer on CBS. And it was the Jets are basically right now faced with two decisions, and it's what they should do, and it's what they want to do. What they want to do is what Salah said that as soon as Zach Wilson is healthy, they go back to Zach Wilson, and they have every right in the world to do that because this is a player that they invested the number two pick in the NFL draft on. This is a player that they just gave $35 million to. This is a player that they believe in their heart of hearts is their franchise quarterback. That's why they selected him second overall. That's why he is this team. You know, he's, he's Zach Wilson. He's, you know, that's, that's why he is, he is their, their, their Obi-Wan. He is their last hope. Like it is, it is him. Every, interception that he throws this year every struggle that he endures this year every hiccup every every fall every trip every bump every bruise every scrape every scar in the Jets opinion it's going to benefit him down the road because he'll learn from all of those experiences he will see those experiences he will take that beating and be better because of it down the road. It's basically the Jets know they are not a playoff team this year. They know they have no grandiose ideas of of competing for a wild card berth or, or the AFC East title. So it's all about developing. It's all about growing. It's all about building. So for that reason, the Jets want to put Zach Wilson out there and have him just get beat up, hopefully look good, hopefully flash, but learn this year. Get better this year, learn this year. What they should do, though, is not put him out there because, and I think we might've talked about this in the last can we podcast. I see so many similarities between this situation here and the one that the Philadelphia Eagles went through with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. And all I like, look, it's obviously not apples to apples. It is obviously not the perfect comparison because Nick Foles went in there for an injured Carson Wentz who had no chance of returning for the season and won a Super Bowl. And then the next year, when he was allowed to play again, he took an Eagles team that was well on their way to not making the playoffs, not only getting in the playoffs, but beating the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field, and then coming within a possession of defeating the number one seeded Saints in in uh, in New Orleans. And it was an Alshon Jeffrey drop that led to an interception. And if the Eagles win that game, there's no doubt in my mind they're going to L.A. because they beat the Rams every single time they play and going to the Super Bowl again with Nick Foles. But so it's not a perfect comparison. You know, when you're saying... Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Uh, Mike White beat the Bengals. It's not apples to apples. It, it is, in some ways, a slight deviation of that. But the way that I look at it is that there was no one in Philadelphia, not a single soul in Philadelphia, that looked at Nick Foles and said, this player is more talented than Carson Wentz. Because he wasn't. Carson Wentz could run. Carson Wentz had the stronger arm. Carson Wentz was more accurate. Carson Wentz was younger. Carson Wentz was physically a more talented quarterback than Nick Foles in every single way imaginable. Zach Wilson 
is a more talented quarterback than Mike White in every single way imaginable. He is more arm strength. He is more accurate. He is more elusive. He is more dynamic. He has more of an ability to play off script. However, every single player in that locker room gives two shits about developing. They give two shits about the future. What they want to do is win, and they want to win on Sunday. Zach Wilson, there's no point in mincing words here, did not look good. He was not playing good football before the injury. He struggled immensely. The one game that he won, he played hero ball and started chucking shots up to Keelan Cole and Jamison Crowder and Corey Davis, and that's how the Jets won. Don't get me wrong. That showed some immense playmaking ability. It showed the off-score playmaking ability. It showed a lot of what makes Zach Wilson special, but it's also not sustainable, right? The other games where the Jets were saying, just play within the offense, just play within the offense, play within the offense, he played poorly against the Carolina Panthers, against the Denver Broncos, against the New England Patriots two and a half times, against uh, the Atlanta Falcons. He struggled. There are 52 players in that locker room who endured the struggles of Zach Wilson, knowing, oh, don't worry, he's the number two, he's going to get better, going to get better, going to get better, to then have Mike White step in and Mike White do what he did against the Colts right, for two, two series against the Colts, but specifically what he did against the Cincinnati Bengals. They saw that. Suddenly, they saw the offense moving. They saw the offense not a laughing stock. They saw the offense putting up points and yards. I and mean, what is it? It's, it's 900-plus yards over the last two games, and the Jets have scored 30-plus points for the first time in like 10-plus years. Like, it is, it is just an offense that for the first time this season doesn't look like they're pulling teeth to get a first down. That is an offense that really looks good. And that's why I think you see when Salah goes to hand the game ball to Mike White in the locker room, the players erupt before he finishes his first stat line, before he says his name. You see so many of the other people coming in with silly string to spray him when he's the Nickelodeon MVP. You see how beloved he is in the locker room, partially because he's Mike White, partially because he... He took such an advantage of his first real NFL opportunity, but also because he seems like a really good, nice guy that players just want to be around. So 52 players see Mike White do what he has done. They see and endure the struggles of Zach Wilson. They know Zach Wilson's the future. They know Zach Wilson is is a more talented quarterback. They know all that, but they see their success with Mike White. So if you take Zach Wilson out of the lineup, or I'm sorry, if you take Mike White out of the lineup when Zach Wilson's fully healthy in spite of his continued play, because we'll operate under the assumption that Mike White doesn't crap the bed against the Bills, that he doesn't throw three interceptions and the Jets lose by 30 points to the Bills. Because if that happens, all this entire argument the last five minutes is completely thrown out the window. Like, it's completely irrelevant if, if Mike White goes out there against Buffalo and just craps the bed, right? But let's say he looks good. Let's say he looks solid. Let's see the Jets lose a game by seven or 10 points, or they're at least in the game throughout. And a large part of the reason why they're in the game throughout is because of Mike White. If you take Mike White out of the locker room, out of the, out of the starting lineup, and you put Zach Wilson in for games against the uh, Miami Dolphins and the uh, Houston Texans, or yeah, Miami Dolphins and Houston Texans. In my opinion, you are running a big risk now of Zach Wilson going back out there and struggling. And as he struggles and the offense reverts back to how Zach Wilson played in the beginning, you are running the risk of the locker room splitting. Because again, the locker room does not care what the Jets want to do. The locker room does not care about the future. The locker room does not care about Zach Wilson's development. 
What they care about is winning and their own individual performances. And their own individual performances, aside from the defense, have been significantly better with Mike White under center. Elijah Moore looks better. Denzel Ward or Denzel Mims looks better. Um, uh, Corey Davis obviously hasn't played, but Keelan Cole looks better. The running game looks better. Mike Carter looks better with Mike White under center. If Zach Wilson goes back out there and starts to struggle, and he starts to endure the rookie roller coaster and the problems that he had early in the season because he's taking his lumps and learning on the job, the rest of the players are going to go, what are we doing here? Are we actually trying to win? Because we've shown we can win with Mike White. We've shown we can have success with Mike White. What's the point in going back to a guy when we are better off with this player? Now, obviously, like I said, this, this point is completely moot if Mike White struggles immensely against Buffalo. This is completely irrelevant if Zach Wilson goes back into the starting lineup and throws to 350 and three touchdowns against the Miami Dolphins and the Jets win by 20. Like, it's completely pointless because now they're like, all right, sweet, we got two quarterbacks. Zach Wilson learned while sitting on the bench. Zach Wilson's a stud. We're fine. We're great. Let's go. Let's rock and roll. But if Mike White looks good against Buffalo and you pull him and Zach Wilson looks bad against the Dolphins, I think you are running a... You are playing a very dangerous game inside that locker room. I really do. And in my opinion, what the Jets should do is just continue to ride the hot hand. If Mike White goes out there and plays it really well against the Bills on Monday's conference call or on Wednesdays before the practice against the Dolphins, Salah should stand up there and say, look, Zach Wilson is our quarterback of the future. Zach Wilson is our guy. We fully believe in Zach Wilson. But right now, we're going to see how long this Mike White thing lasts. And they're gonna they should ride Mike White until Mike White throws three interceptions, until the Jets lose several games in a row, until Mike White looks like the player we thought Mike White was gonna look like when he first took the field against the Bengals. That's what I think the Jets should do. Will they do it? I don't know. Only time will tell. But right now it seems very clear the Jets are starting Mike White this week, and then they're going to Zach Wilson. Salah can obviously change how he feels depending on how Mike White reacts and how Mike White does and all those things. But that is what that is the direction I think the Jets should go. And I think they they have to go that way. Because if they don't, if they go back to Zach, and Zach struggles after the success Mike White has had, after how much these players love Mike White, you're going to have a lot of players in those locker room going, what are we doing here, man? What are we doing? It'll be interesting to keep an eye on for sure. All right, let's take a short break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a... Mm, real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. 
Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Well, it could be worse as far as the quarterbacks go. I mean, look at Carolina where Robbie Anderson is throwing helmets at former jet. Robbie Anderson is throwing helmets because of former jet Sam Donald's play and three interceptions on Sunday. So it could, could get worse. All right, let's uh, look at the defense now, Connor. Um, you know, this defense started good has been very bad. When you look at it, I think it's pretty easy to tell that the reason they're bad is because they just don't have good enough players for the most part. But that doesn't really help the Jets over the next nine weeks where they're not going to be able to improve that. That's obviously something you push to the offseason and something that needs to be focused on big time this offseason after focusing so much on the offense the last couple of years. So for the next nine weeks, what can this defense do? What can um, you know you do from a scheme standpoint or anything like that to get this defense to a point where i mean they don't need to be good but not embarrassing would be solid yeah i mean yeah i, I kind of lose track because it's weird like right because normally we'd have the the podcast before the game we have the podcast after the game and it's really easy to figure out like what we've talked about now we've had like two podcasts post game and i can't totally remember what we talked about on the last podcast so i'm trying not to repeat myself but you hit the the nail on the head that i i don't i don't I don't know if this is a scheme problem. I don't know if this is a coaching problem. I think the Jets defense just isn't that good. I mean, we saw them all throughout the summer. We saw them all throughout training camp. We saw them against the 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 Packers and Eagles in joint practices. I mean, there was a reason why we went into this season saying this defense is probably going to be one of the worst in the NFL. That this defense was going to struggle week one through week 18. That the Jets de- Jets. We thought the offense, I think, uh, almost to a man coming out of training camp for, for, from reporter perspective and, and woman, because Joey's on the beat as well, that we thought that, that the, the, the Jets offense was going to put up some points. But these were going to be like 42 to 28 games, like that the defense was just not going to be able to stop anyone. And early in the season, obviously, we didn't get that. Like the Jets defense wildly exceeded expectations. The Jets defense played their asses off the first couple weeks of the, the season and they developed this reputation as, as yeah, look, they're not one of the best in the NFL. This isn't an elite-level defense, but they're solid. And on their good days, they're good. They're a solid-to-good defense, which was wildly different than what we expected from them coming out of the regular season. Now, I think you've seen the play significantly drop, and Sheldon Rankins talked a little bit about this on, on Monday's conference call, because teams have now figured out how to play them. Teams have figured out ways to expose their weaknesses, and the weaknesses of this defense are in the back end. Like the secondary, I know people love Bryce Hall. I know people love Mike Carter. I know everyone and their uncle hates Ashton Davis, as they probably should. But like this defense, from a talent perspective, especially in the secondary, is not good. Bryce Hall has shown that he's probably a starting corner, but he's like your number two. He's not your number one. Mike Carter's a good slot slot corner, nickel corner, but that's a slot nickel corner. Brandon Eccles is not starting for 31 other teams. Like, that's just a fact. Bryce Hall probably isn't starting for 28 other teams. Mike Carter is probably not starting for 20 other teams. Like, that, that's that's the, the cold, hard truth of the Jets' secondary. So I believe that when the season started, and, and Sheldon Rankins kind of talked about this, that teams looked at the Jets on paper, and they were like, oh, my God, that secondary is bad. Like, let's let's go after the secondary. Like, we're going to have a chance to throw for 600 against this team. 
Well, in order to really attack a secondary, what you do is you hold the ball. You let your receivers get down the field. You let your guys stretch the field, and then you throw it deep to them, and you get them down the field. You attack with posts. You attack on deep crossers. Like You attack with plays like that. What I don't think teams expected was the jump in play from John Franklin Myers, the healthy, strong play from Sheldon Rankins, the continued dominance from Quinn and Williams, the immense second-year jump from Bryce Huff. I don't think the Jets, I don't think opponents expected the Jets defensive line to be as good as the Jets defensive line was the first month, month and a half of the season. So you saw Sam Darnold get hit pretty good. You saw Mac Jones in the first meeting get hit pretty good. You saw Teddy Bridgewater get hit pretty good. You saw Ryan Tannehill basically get knocked back to 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 uh, his days with the Dolphins when the Jets played him. With Now, granted, I know that was largely because A.J. Brown and Julio Jones were out. But he got the hell kicked out of him with seven sacks, 14 quarterback hits, or seven additional hits outside of the seven quarterback sacks. Beginning with that Falcon game, though, teams changed the way, and Sheldon Rankin said this, changed the way that they're playing the Jets. They realized that they can't sit in the pocket and just wait for their receivers to get down the field because the Jets do have, amongst probably the strengths of their entire roster, a very good defensive line that will get home if you hold the ball. If you hitch, they're going to get to you. Fact, they're going to get you if they hitch. So Matt Ryan became the first quarterback to say, we can attack the secondary with quick passes just as we can with deep passes. They can't cover those the same as they can't cover the deep ones. So let's try that. So you saw the screen game really come into play. You saw quick passes. You saw get the ball out of the quarterback's hand as soon as it gets there. That A, mitigated the pass rush, and B, still allowed teams to attack the secondary. You've now seen that replicated against New England. You saw it a bit against Cincinnati. And then you saw it, obviously, against Indianapolis. I mean, the Jets have allowed 500-plus yards in two of their last three games. The Jets have allowed 40-plus points in two of their last three games. I mean, they've allowed... even Everyone likes to point towards that Bengals game of like, oh, they played well against the Bengals. They played well against the Bengals. The Jets allowed 31 points against Cincinnati. I mean, it took the most ridiculous defensive line play from Shaq Lawson, of all people. Otherwise, I'm pretty convinced that the Bengals are probably going down the field and scoring a touchdown there. And the Jets are going to lose that game. Like, they're going to get a field goal or a touchdown, take the, the immediate score out of the equation for Mike White, and the Jets are going to lose the Bengal game. And then Shaq Lawson just became like LeBron James, jumped up and, like, picked off a pass. I was like, holy hell, what happened? So Sheldon Rankin said yesterday a large portion of that. He said, teams are hitting us with screens. Teams are hitting us. The, the ball is getting out a lot faster, which is taking our pass rush out of the equation. I just don't see the Jets as having the players to really mask that. And the way that I look at it is look at the – Linebacker position, look at the cornerback position, look at the safety position. How many linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties for the Jets would start for a contending team in the NFL right now? A playoff contend, a playoff team or a championship contending team. How many of those players would start over there? The only two I could come up with was Marcus May probably starts for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and CJ Mosley. Everyone else, I mean, Jared Davis signed a one-year prove-it deal with the Jets for a reason right? Ashton Davis is struggling. The other cornerbacks, no. Like, none of these other guys would start. You got two, maybe, and now one of them's out because Marcus May ruptured his Achilles. So, C.J. Mosley is the only linebacker, cornerbacker safety on the Jets' defense that would start for a contending team, in my opinion. That's why they're struggling. And so, now what the coaching staff has to do is find ways to re-scheme it in there. And I don't know if there is a way to scheme success from this unit right now. I don't because if the pass rush isn't getting home because the ball is out of the quarterback's hand too quick, I don't know how you just erase that. I don't. I I don't I don't know how that is unless you 
have such success on first and second down that you force third and long. So the quarterback has to hold the ball long enough for the defense, for the, the, the receivers to get past the sticks and they can hit them. That's the only thing I can really come up with. But if you're having success with quick intermediate throws on first and second down, you don't necessarily need to do that. You're like, you're going to be in third and threes, third and fours, third and fives, and then you don't have to hold the ball that long. So it's, it's a, it's a tough task for this defense. And I really just don't think they have the personnel to truly have that kind of success. I, I just don't, I personally, that's just my opinion. I, I don't think they have the personnel, no matter what they do schematically to have success against good and average teams. They'll beat up on bad teams, but I don't think they have success. They can do it against good and good and average teams. I just don't. And, and we'll, We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Salah can pull a rabbit out of his hat. And maybe Jeff Olbert can pull a ha- rabbit out of his hat. I don't know. We'll see that. But I just don't see it happening. And, and the reason for it is they don't have the personnel. And it's, it's understandable why they don't. I mean, their first two picks last year were on offensive players. Their first four picks this year were on offensive players. That was the right move for the Jets to do. They should. They should. This offense was awful with talent. Awful. And they have since infused it with talent over the last two years. And they should continue to do it this year. They should continue to keep building that offense. Build the offense, build the offense. It'll come at the expense of the defense, but you can fix the defense quickly. You can use probably one offseason, one free agency in draft, and you can get this defense back to some level of legitimate respectability. And with the, if you pick the right young players, you can keep developing, keep developing, eventually have a really good unit. Offense takes longer, and the Jets needed so much on offense that they, made, they have all the picks they've used on offensive players. You can say Denzel was probably the wrong pick to make there, but they made the right decision going offense, 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 offense. offense. They should still continue to do that. But unfortunately, it comes to the expense of the defense, and you're seeing why. We knew the defense was going to struggle going into the season. They played well above expectations the first couple of weeks, but now I think they've regressed to the mean, in my opinion. And I, I don't think there's a way to mask that. All right, let's take one more break. We'll come back with over-unders for the second half of the season. All right, let's look ahead to the second half of the season, Connor. I've come up with some over-unders for you. I'll, I'll weigh in as well. Um, some of them, a lot of them leaning towards the quarterback side again. But uh, let's get right into it. But b- before we do the over-unders, actually, big picture, what is what what would mean success in your mind in the second half of the season? Um, what do you need to see? I'm compete in every game. In my opinion, success the second half of the season, is, it's easy. It's, it's compete week in and week out. So no more of these 41-10 deficits in the third quarter, period. No more of the 41-10 deficits. No more games like the one against the Patriots be in every game. When the fourth quarter starts, be in every game with two or three with five minutes left in the fourth quarter, be in it, see an opportunity to win every game the rest of the way, whether it's if we do this in the fourth quarter, realistic way, because there was no realistic way. The jets were coming back down 31 points against the Colts. I know the five oh, if Josh Johnson doesn't know that interception. They can score the touchdown during the goal line, get the onside kick. And then you never know. Baba Bowie bullshit. Like, no, like we're not, we're not going there. Like with that, that, that game was over at 41-10 period. The game was over. I'm talking about legitimate real ways where you're competing in the fourth quarter and a chance to win. That's number one. And number two, this is going against kind of what I said about, about Zach, but Zach Wilson plays a really strong second half of the season that if the jets go back to Zach, if the Mike white saga runs its course and that okay now it's time to go back to to the player we drafted second overall and the player we actually believe in they go back to Zach and he plays really solid football the rest of the way that he has an end to his season like Sam Darnold who is by the way awful now like worse than he was with the Jets in Carolina like Sam is awful like terrible he is a bad quarter like he's worse than I thought I thought Sam was average he's worse than average like that guy's leading the league in interceptions now and has the NFL's worst quarterback rating and that's after leaving Gase so like that's like but that's neither here nor there. 
I think that how Sam finished his rookie year, those final four games, he had the the completion percentage that was high, only one interception, the quarterback rating of 99.1, I think it was. Have that kind of an outing from from Zach. He doesn't have to win every game. He doesn't have to, 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 to throw for 500 every game, but have a very strong second half of the season and for the Jets be in every game, compete in every game, show that you're trending in the right direction. I think that to me, well, whether they win five, six, seven, eight, game or five or six games these final stretch or they win two or three as long as they are in every game competing in every game and your rookie quarterback looks good I think you can you can call this season a success all right on to the over-unders we're going to start right there with Zach Wilson over under on touchdowns in the final nine games I have the the line at nine and a half Connor he has four through eight games nine and a half nine and a half I'm gonna go over because I think that the Jets have some some juice in in the second half of the season. They play, I mean, they play the Dolphins twice still. That's a bad defense. They play the Texans. That's a bad defense. As long as Zach, as long as the Jets do go to Zach here right after the Bills game and he starts against the Dolphins, I think he'll have over ten. I think, or I think he'll have ten, maybe ten or eleven. And I th- I think that because there's some there's some juicy, some really really juicy uh games here left on the schedule and also like I said I think the Jets defense is going to continue to struggle I don't see a way to schematically get this team any better defensively which means they're going to be in some holes they're going to have to throw the ball and that's probably going to mean some some additional garbage time touchdowns so uh, I'll go the over there yeah I agree I, I lean on the garbage time for that one to get what about over Marissa does Marissa half. play Marissa Marissa you have this bougie ass microphone and it's muted. Yeah, sorry um I think over too let's let's be positive okay all right, Zach Wilson, interceptions, six and a half. So I don't mean to like be doing these over-unders with green-covered or green-colored contact lenses right now, but I am going to go under. And the reasoning for it is that I, th- I think Zach has finally seen from – I think, it, look, if he didn't get it from the Mike White game against Cincinnati, Josh Johnson coming in and tearing up the Indianapolis Colts, in my opinion, that had to hammer home that if you play within the structure of this offense, if you go first read, check down, first read, check down, first read, check down, not only did you have success offensively, but you keep your team in the game and you individually have success. So if he doesn't come back from this injury doing exactly that, if he doesn't come back from this injury and stop with the hero ball and knock the hero ball out of his game and play like Mike White did, play like Josh Johnson did, there's no hope for the kid this rookie year. So I think he's going to come back from this. I don't know if he's going to be lighting the world on fire but I will say that I think he's going to come back from this injury and at least now play within the confines of this offense play within the structure of the offense and if he plays within the structure of the offense he'll avoid the turnovers he'll avoid the interceptions and I think you'll see him him keep it down so I think he'll be right up on that five six interception line the rest of this way but I think you'll see a guy that definitely avoids the turnovers the uh, the rest of the season uh I think he goes under. over Marissa um I'm gonna go under too okay uh, Mike White touchdowns, three and a half. Over. Which may mean that's that good. he has to throw four this weekend. I'm going over. Yeah, that's a go. Because now we're also taking it. Now we're taking but, it to play to Zach get hurt again. Yep. Which could happen. The, the, um, go ahead, Mercy. Nah, I'll go first. Go. I'm going to say. I'm going to say over because I think Zach's going to get hurt again. I think Zach's going to get hurt again, and, and you'll see Mike White come in. So I think he'll throw two this week, and then I think he'll come back in. It's another point. That was whether it's in uh, relief of Zach or something like that. I think you'll you'll see him again, and, and he'll throw more than that. I agree. We should keep track of it. I two. think over yeah. because I think he's going to play really well this week, and then he's going to play next week as well. 
Oh, you're having him stick Boom. with you're having Four him weeks. stick with Mike yes. White. Yeah. She's gonna let Mike keep cooking. Mm-hmm. All right, you're gonna like this one. Joe Flacco touchdowns. One half. Over yeah, under. Uh, under. He, that guy's never going to play. You <laughs> should actually make the over-under if he's going to be active. Like, if there's going to be any activations for Joe Flacco. Now, I could see the Jets activating him this Sunday just for the simple fact of, like, they're going to need to justify that trade. Like, yeah. there are politics involved in the NFL. A lot of politics involved in the NFL. Josh Johnson has shown on two separate occasions now he can – because he came in, remember, against the Colts. Like, Mike White left for for a series again, or the rest of a series against the Colts before coming back in. Josh Johnson should have thrown a touchdown to Denzel Mims. Denzel dropped it in the end zone. So, like, like Josh showed he can not only fit, like, he both filled it in the Colts game, then played the final three and a half quarters, I think, right, against the the um, Indianapolis Colts, and they're for 303 touchdowns. So the Jets have shown, like, they can play behind Josh Johnson. Like, they can play behind Josh Johnson. There's no reason for Joe Flacco to, A, be on the roster, or Joe Flacco to even be active. So, in my opinion, unless politics come into play, Joe Flacco is finishing this season having never been active after the Jets traded him because their starting quarterback should be Mike White. Their backup quarterback should be Josh Johnson, period. That's how it should be this weekend. All right, moving away from the quarterbacks. Elijah Moore catches 26 and a half. So where does that put him in an average of? I'm bad with math. There's nine games left. Yeah, so it's three a game. Right, so a little three under a three a game. Yep. Yeah, three a game. I'll go over. I think you'll have, I think you're seeing Mike, I think you're seeing Elijah start to break out and you're going to start to see the Elijah more that we saw throughout OTA's mini camp and training camp really, really play some good football the rest of the way. So I'll go over there. I think, I think Elijah Moore is going to have a big second half of the year. I really do. I'll go under. I just think it'll be more inconsistent. I think he'll have some great games, but, but less consistent and therefore he'll fall a little short. Marissa. Um, I think, I think over two, okay. three, a game. Marissa's very positive. On yeah. This. Yep. I'm bad at math games. Too, and- but- Games in which the defense allows 30 or more points, three and a half. Let me look at the schedule. So I'm going to bring up the schedule real quick because I can't do that off the top of my head. Um, they play Buffalo. So here twice. we go. So we need games they allow. Yeah. So they've got Buffalo, Miami, Houston, Philly, Saints, Miami, Jacksonville, Tampa, Buffalo. So that Buffalo, the Tampa. second Buffalo game is week 18. Buffalo is going to have that division wrapped up. So that's, the, I don't like you're probably not even going to see much of Josh Allen, if at all, week 18. So I think they'll allow 30 this week because Buffalo's pissed. Like, I think you're going to have it this week against Buffalo. Um, If they allow 30 points to the Dolphins and Texans, the rest of the season's screwed. So I'll go Buffalo. I think they'll do it against Philadelphia because I think they'll have trouble tracking Jalen Hurts. Like, Jalen Hurts runs around and plays that kind of style of defense. I think the Jets are going to have a problem with that. Um, No Saints now that they don't have Jameis. Then I'll have Tampa Bay. So I've got them three. So what did you have over under? Three and a half. I feel like I set these so I'll lines go under. really well, by the way, for the record. Yeah, I'll go under. I mean, they, they have, a, I mean, this, the second half of this Jets season, I mean, this is like 2019. Oh, it's not as juicy as 2019, but Miami stinks. Houston stinks. Philadelphia is not very good. The Saints are now without their starting quarterback. Miami again, who stink. Jacksonville stinks. Then the Buccaneers and Bills. So, I mean, there's really only Buffalo twice and Tampa Bay is as legitimate, like playoff contending teams on this schedule the rest of the way. So, I mean, the Jets, the Jets got through the meat early. Yeah, I agree. I think under as well. Marissa? Um, I'm going to go over. All right. All right. And finally, wins in the second half of the season, two and a half. Hmm. Two and a half. All right, I'm going to do the same thing. So Jets are going to lose to the Bills. I think they lose. People aren't going to like when I say this. I think they lose to the Dolphins in week 11, too. Whether Zach plays or not, I think they probably lose to the Dolphins. Uh, Beat Houston, lose to the Eagles, lose to the Saints, beat the Dolphins in the comeback beat the Jaguars, 
lose Bucks, lose Bills. Week, I'll say week 18, they lose Bills. So I see three to four. So I'll say three. Yeah, I think they I think they get over two and a half as well. I think four. I yeah. think they uh, I think they beat the Dolphins twice. Maybe we'll see. Marissa, what do you think? Yeah, I think over two. Weird right. stuff always happens in those Dolphin game, though, man. Like that was the one where Antonio Allen was offsides on a kickoff. The Jets made him re-kick, and I think they ran it back for a touchdown. That was like Sam hurt his foot and then threw three. Like weird shit always happens when the Jets play the Dolphins. Always, so that like, it's very rare that they sweep that team. Because it's just weird stuff happens, especially in Miami Gardens. Like when you go down there, especially then, like weird stuff happens. All right, good stuff. This was a weird episode because of the uh, Thursday night game, kind of an in-betweener. We will be back to our normal kind of cadence of getting you ready for the next game uh, when we get back to you later in the week. We'll get you ready for Buffalo. Thanks for listening or watching. You can save 33% off a subscription to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait for that. We'll talk to you all soon. 